This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my adorable service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be talking with Jessica Wellman about her miniature horse service animal, Honey. And Jessica's going to talk with us about the work that Honey does for her. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Jessica Wellman and Honey to the show. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello, Jessica, and welcome. Hi, how are you guys doing today? We're great, and we're so excited that you could be with us. Because we want to hear all about honey. Oh, well, thank you for having me. One of my favorite subjects, actually, is little honey. Yeah, I bet. Because, boy, how cute is honey? Oh, she is a cutie patootie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you could be with us today, Jessica, because um, many people are unaware that the Americans with Disabilities Act actually defines a service animal as a canine or a miniature horse under 100 pounds that's been trained to do work or perform tasks for a person with a disability. So I'm so thrilled that you could be with us to talk about Honey and your working relationship with Honey. So could you tell us, how did you decide to get a miniature horse as your service animal? Well, the decision for me was, it's a very personal one in that, you know, it kind of goes through everybody's, what they do in their own lives. So I've grown up with horses in my life and where I've had dogs as well, the disability that I have, it's actually harder for dogs to work for me because I need mobility. And at 5'7 and (laughs) pounds, you know, um, a little horse can actually hold up to the work that I need them to do much better than a dog can. Yeah, that's awesome. So you really needed a service animal that you could lean on, is that correct, for mobility to assist you in walking? Precisely. Yep. She helps me get around while I'm walking around. She'll help me stand up or sit down, depending on you know what position I'm already in at the time. 
if I do fall, she does an, an assisted stand and a momentum pull to help get me up off of the ground. She'll pick up dropped objects. She'll open doors, cupboards, cabinets. And uh, she is recently learning to retrieve items from the refrigerator. Oh, I love it. That's so great. That's so wonderful. That's such a, a long list of tasks that she does for you, Jessica. That's great. Yeah, she really likes working. So, And I, I like teaching her as many things as, as I can, which is why she also does a lot of tricks. So she's, yeah. she's tricked and fast trained. <laughs> yeah. Well, so did you train Honey or did an organization train her for you? I actually trained Honey and I also work with a service animal organization, both a for-profit and a non-profit. Oh, nice. Okay. And what are those agencies? So Scion Training, LLC. We're located down in Ocala, Florida. And the other one is Reaching for the Stars Service Animals. And we've actually been able to help train and place a couple hundred dogs now. So Wow, wow, that's great. Well, so how long did it take you to find Honey? Did you just have a relationship with her already and thought she had the skills um, and she had the attitude and the work ethic? Or how did you pick Honey? Actually, Honey was kind of picked for me in a way. I had uh, gone to a local, like a pet expo, um, What's it called? It, it, it's the Horse Expo up in Maryland in Timonium. And um, I actually was just putting some money and my name down for a raffle that was supposed to, you know, help with this rescue organization and all that. And come to find out, the winner got to win a little mini horse. And it turns out I won honey. Oh, my so gosh. <laughs> I, I call her my little $5 raffle pony and because wow. uh, that's what I put in for her. And I wound up winning it. It, and she came to the farm that I was managing at the time and she was, God, she was skinny. She was tiny. She was kind of feral too. So she's come a long way from her very beginning. Wow. Well, and so when you got her, how long did it take you to start before she actually went into service for you? When I first got her, I actually did not need a service animal. So um, my disease kind of came up after I'd had her already for three years. And it was before that time I had decided that because most of the animals that I have have a job of some sort, so I decided to make her into a therapy animal. And she used to go and visit hospitals and nursing homes and places like that, including the VA hospital up in Aberdeen, Maryland. And uh, she was just so good at doing that that when I decided, uh, you know, I found out that I had this disease that was going to get worse as I got older, I decided I was going to go ahead and start training her for my needs later on in life. And I wound up meeting her sooner than I thought I would. Wow. Wow. That What a story. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's so awesome. Oh, my gosh, that you won her through a She's a little rag to riches kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so how old is Honey now? Oh, Honey is, is eight, I believe now. I have to count mm -hmm. back, but yeah, I think she's about eight. Yeah. And what's her working life expectancy? Uh, many horses, they actually live to be in their mid-30s. And depending on how she's doing, I, I mean, she could have a working life that's almost as long. So yeah. she could be working up until she's 30 and even in the mid-30s, just depending on what the workload is and how she's holding up herself. 
Yeah. Boy, that's the beauty of the miniature horses, isn't it? Because that's so it much really nicer is. than a dog that they have that longer working lifespan. Yeah. The dogs is you pretty get, you short. Get basically three working lifespans of a dog for one yeah. miniature horse. Yeah. Well, so tell us about, Jessica, have you had any challenges out in public with honey? What's that been like for you? Because I'm sure people are surprised to see a miniature horse as a service animal. They really are. It's funny because I've had a lot of, I have a lot of interest. So, I mean, I am not a shy person at all. And when anybody is asking me about service animals and getting a miniature horse, I say generally I would not advise them for people who A, do not know anything about horses to begin with and B, who who don't like attention because you're going to get it. So (laughs) you're going to get people really looking. You're going to have people taking pictures and you're going to have establishments really question you because they're not going to really understand the laws. You know, they know service dogs. They don't really know about service horses, especially since it's only been since 2011 that they have been written into the ADA. Yeah, those are all really good points and all things that I was wondering about, about what it's like for you, because even I still get questioned with a dog every now and then, not that often, but I still get it when I least expect it. But I can only imagine what it's like for you with honey. Yeah, actually, it's, um, it's pretty good in our area, though. A lot of people already know us as the people who train the dogs, you know, and the service animals in general. So, I mean, we, we kind of have a little bit easier of a time. But just really knowing, knowing our laws and our rights, you know, that's what really helps. Because if you stay calm and positive and you talk to people, most people, they, they're inquisitive. They want to know. They want to learn, you know. Yes. Yes. And being where I'm at, because I'm down in Ocala, which is actually horse capital of the world. Yes, it is. People yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, down here, people love it. You know, they everybody, you know, grows up, it seems like, in this area with horses. So, I mean, they're a little more welcoming than, yeah. you know, they would be in other areas. Right. So, I'm fortunate in that respect. And I'm sure, too, when people see Honey and how well-trained she is, and when you explain the ADA law to them, and then they see her behaving as they would expect a service animal to behave, then I'm sure that also makes it a lot better for you guys, too. That is very true. And anytime, because I try and help other people in the service force community out and guide them the way that I You know, I almost wish I had somebody to guide me when I was first starting out. But I tell them, I'm like, if you're going to go out in public, it has to be stellar. You know, I mean, I know a lot of these animals are still in training. But, I mean, you're not as likely to find a fake service horse walking around (laughs) as you are a dog just because there's not as many of them. But, you know, I tell them you have to know your right and you have to make sure your horse is A, going to have a good experience and B, is ready for the experience. Yeah. Well, that is so you true. You can't rush it. No, that's <laughs> so true. And I even feel that way. I felt that way about all my service dogs is when we're out in public, it's like you're on a stage and you have to perform at your best because exactly. of, because we want to respect our right to be out in public with our service animal. And we don't want anything yes. to jeopardize that, right? So, yeah. Well, that's, that's, also for me, I want to respect the other patrons that are in the establishment. Absolutely. So whenever Honey and I go out, you know, she's clean. You know, she's yeah. she's not like a horse that's at a farm in a field. You know, she's clean. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. presentable. 
she's quiet, she's out of the way, she's calm. So, and I mean, that's what's important. Yeah. Well, tell us about caring for Honey. So, how is that with her? How do you transport her when you go out in public? Honey is a bit spoiled. Honey rides in whatever vehicle that I'm riding in, but because she, you know, as the ADA requires the animal to be potty trained, you don't require anything different. You know, there's no horse trailer or anything like that. You open the back door, she hops right up onto the back seat. She stands there. If she's got to go potty, she tells you. We'll pull over. She'll go potty. She'll hop right back in. The only thing I would say is different about honey versus a dog would be that, you know, being a horse, you have to kind of make sure that they're able to keep forage in their stomach at all times just because that's what's healthiest for them. So we'll travel with some hay or hay pellets, especially in the car. And I mean, I give her more than I would give a dog just out of you need something in your stomach now, you know, here's a little bit of your food. But we always use it as basically training opportunities. Mm-hmm. How often do you feed her? She gets two to three real meals a day, but mm-hmm. she pretty much has access to hay at the house 24-7 in the car because she rides in, uh, I have a mobility ramp van that is actually was for my mother because she has cerebral palsy and she is in a wheelchair. So it was, it was her old van, but she has hay in the van for whenever we go out and about and traveling around in that. But like I said, whenever we go out, I'll give her, if she starts, She'll tell me. She has her own way of telling me I need something in my stomach. Yeah. So it's it's just a different (laughs) signal from her to me. And I've got little pellets that are little hay pellets that she carries in her backpack, and I'll just get a little handful and give it to her. That's so great. Well, Jessica, we're going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors, and we're going to come back and keep talking about honey because I have a lot more questions for you about your amazing service animal. So all our listeners, you come right back. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. 
And we're visiting today with Jessica Wellman about her adorable service animal, which is a miniature horse, Honey. And before the break, Jessica, you were talking about how you feed Honey and how that works and how you are. It's so awesome that you have hay available and the hay pellets in your van. That's so great. Um, But I was wondering, too, about her schedule for the day. Like, how long can Honey really work before she needs to go outside? Tell us a little bit about a typical day for her. So, what we have done is, in our house, I've converted my walk-in closet to what I call Honey's room. It's not a stall, but it does have, it has a bed for her in there. She has water. She has a hay bag that's hanging that she eats out of whenever she wants. And then we have a little kiddie pool that's set up as a potty. So typically what happens is I wake up and she'll either use her quote-unquote litter pan or she'll go outside and she'll get to go potty then. And that will pretty much set me up for anywhere between two and five hours of when she can work and will not be hindered by having to go to the bathroom. But because the horse's stomach naturally moves about every two hours, I don't want to constrict that because the healthy gut needs to keep moving. So I usually plan my days for taking breaks every couple of hours, which for me and the disease that I have is actually right on par for when I need to take care of my own needs. So we'll go outside every couple of hours and she'll get to go potty and then she'll get a little reward for getting to go potty where, you know, it's appropriate. And then if we're anywhere that I have to be there any longer amount of time, she will hold it. She's very good about holding it for up to eight hours. I do not like asking of her, but she can do it. Yeah. So it's really no different than what you would expect from a dog. If we're inside somewhere where I can't get to outside, she is trained to go into the bathroom with me and she'll actually poop right into a little doggy bag so that I don't have to, you know, it doesn't hit the floor. I don't have to take her if we're up on the fifth floor for something. We don't have to do an elevator ride all the way down to the first floor to go outside. She'll actually go right in a potty bag and I can put it in the trash because they are not scented, but they're odor control. So no scent gets out of them, which is fantastic. I mean, it's not training her took the time and dedication to do, but now that she's trained, it's really just so easy. Wow. Well, it seems like you've really thought of everything with her and her training, which is so great for you guys as a as a team. That sure makes you so much more effective. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it's a good thing too because it's a bond that you know you develop with your animal, and I know you have it with your dog too. You can just look at them and know. Okay, we'll take care of that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's our responsibility, right? As much as they help us, we have to make sure we're helping them. Yeah. And it is a teamwork. People think that you just get a dog and you can keep on with your life as normal, but it it really isn't. You have to work together. And it's that communication that makes a stronger bond. Yeah. And it is work. I know. That's what I tell people. I'm like, you're not getting a robot. You're getting a living, breathing, yeah, thing that actually has its own ideas and motivations and agendas, you know, and you're going to have to work with that and respect that. Yeah, yeah. Well, how is it? Have you flown with Honey? I have not flown with Honey. It's one of those things where I know if I have to, I can, but me personally, 
I would either rather take one of my service dogs, which I have honey kind of like for heavy duty days and mobility for when I flare. And then I'll have a dog that will give her some days off. And that is a little more convenient for air travel sort of a thing. Yeah. So I'll usually fly. If I have to fly, I'll fly with the dog. But I know I can. I've looked at, you know, being on the plane with her and I'm like, yeah, I can do this. But I also know I would have to buy a second seat just to accommodate both her and I and to not not infringe upon anybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. So could I? Yes. Will I? Probably not. I don't see an instance where I would have to fly somewhere with her. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you are a trainer, it's really nice that you have that flexibility and those other options to support your own needs um, as a result of of your disability. Yeah. Which is really unusual. You're really lucky, Jessica, because you have that. That's (laughs) awesome. And because you live in horse country in Ocala, Florida, which is some of the most beautiful country, beautiful land in our entire country, actually, I think. I I think so. I think it's beautiful here. I really do. It's gorgeous. Well, let me ask you, what's the greatest lesson you think you've learned from honey? I think it goes back to kind of what we were saying about really paying attention, you know, not taking things for granted and to take your time, really training the dogs and the horses, you know, because I've I've helped train a couple of horses for therapy work and I'm working on a new one now that's hopefully going to be another service animal and I really hope to kind of broaden the ability to offer trained service horses for other people. It's just, it's taught me to slow down and to really give the animals a chance because most of the time they want to do it. They really do. And they just need the time to process because it's like if somebody were speaking Chinese to you, you're not going to comprehend it like that. You know, you're going to have to to figure it out and take your time to really go through kind of what's being told to you. And Mm -hmm. it's just amazing to see that, that they can do this, you know, and, and to see that we as people and trainers, we can work with them to do this. And it really is amazing. Yeah. Well, tell us, Jessica, a little bit more about the work that you're doing. You mentioned the two organizations that you work with and and that you actually train miniature horses for other people as service animals. Tell us a little bit more about that and how our listeners could get more information about you and the work that you're doing. Sure. Yeah, we have um, a couple of organizations. We have uh, Procyon Training LLC, and that is our our local to kind of like Ocala area dog training. Spell that for us. It's P-R-O-C-Y-O-N. Awesome. Thank you. Procyon is actually the small dog star in the dog star constellation. So our little kitschy little line is where every dog can be a star. (laughs) So that's just one of our cutesy little things. But, you know, we, we like to work with people where they're at. And we work with owner-trained, trainer-assisted service dogs. So we'll go to their home and help them work on the things they need. Or we'll meet out in public and help them with, with any difficulties they may have. And, I mean, we do that for regular obedience and for service work as well. And then uh, we have Reaching for the Stars Service Animals, which is where we'll actually get two to three or four dogs a year 
and we'll train them free of charge and place them with people that we find. And we're not like most programs that have a list full of names and just, you know, kind of put out these dogs. What we do is we get the dog before we even know we need the dog and we really work on that dog. And then what happens is, and it's amazing, people find us who really need a dog, who can't necessarily afford the dog on their own. And it's just, it needs to be that bond, you know. And, and we've, we've done it with a couple of dogs where, you know, this person will try it out for a little while and that dog just doesn't work with that person that well. And when it does, it's just amazing to see. And it's like it was always meant to be. Yeah, that is incredible. I was watching, I was actually had the privilege of being at a placement class this week. It is exactly as you said. I mean, seeing that bond and when people really click with their dogs, it's just exactly, yeah. It's magic. It's pure magic. Yep. It really yep. is. And I think we got hooked on it because uh, Stephanie Roberts is actually the, the owner and head trainer of the program and the, the company. And it's just when we went up one time and we had this dog and we found out there was this young woman who needed a service dog. And we'd never met her. It was all over phone, phone conversations. And we actually traveled up to Maryland with the dog to see if it would work out. And I mean, that it was amazing to see. She took the leash. And she completely changed. And that dog never looked back. And we had that little puppy since she was seven weeks old. And she was almost a year old when we handed the, the young woman the leash. And it was just, you would have thought that dog had never known us. I mean, did she love us? Yes. Did she, you know, get excited when the vest was off and the leash was on, you know, um, off duty? You know, yeah, she was a puppy then. But as soon as she had that job and that, that new younger woman took a hold of that leash, she knew she had to take care of her. And she has yeah. been now for the last three years, I want to say. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It really is. Well, I know we only have a couple minutes left together, but I did want to ask you, you mentioned a couple of things earlier, which were really important things about what people should consider if they're wanting to get, if they're thinking about getting a miniature horse as their service animal. And I want to ask you, what advice would you have for them as they're in that thought process? I would say the first thing is, if you've never been around horses, don't even consider it until you go and volunteer around horses for a little bit. Because especially if you're going to, most of the time, for service horses, you're going to have to own or train. Because there really aren't the programs set up for miniature horses the way there are for dogs. So you're going to have to already know how to basically read the animal to begin with. That, that's why I don't suggest it for people who don't already have or have worked with in the past horses. But other than that, you're going to have to make sure that you have just the ability to know that you can stand up for your rights because you will be tested. And it, I mean, I'm not saying it in a way that people are going to be mean about it. It's just people are curious. They want to know. They're going to talk to you about it. And it's best if you really are able to study up on your laws and know what your rights are and at times what your rights are not. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jessica, because, yeah, sometimes we want to push the envelope when really it's not appropriate. Yeah, so I really appreciate yeah. you saying that. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. went to Chili's one time, which uh, we had been to the Chili's restaurant here in Ocala a few times, and they were great. They were fantastic. We called ahead and told them we were coming just because it was a Friday night, and they were like, look, it's packed here. 
we don't have anywhere that we could safely seat you, you know, and we said, cool, thank you very much, we'll see you another time, and we went to a different restaurant, you know, could we have pushed the fact, probably, but we didn't, you know, it's not worth the safety risk for not only the other patrons in the area, but also for my piece of medical equipment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, that's a perfect example, and I'm so glad you shared that. And and as a, a responsible handler, those are exactly some of the decisions and sacrifices that you have to make sometimes. You can't always do what you want to do when you are handling a dog or a miniature horse. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's well, another living being that, you know, you is. just have to watch out for. That's right. And we're responsible for their safety and well-being. Absolutely. Exactly. And they're responsible for ours. So. Right. <laughs> right. It's beautiful. Yep. It's well, a beautiful, you know, feng shui kind of thing to yep, it, isn't it's it? A, it's a reciprocal <laughs> relationship, right? It really exactly. is. Well, tell us how our listeners can get more information about you and Honey and the work that you're doing, Jessica. Probably the easiest way is through uh, Facebook. Honey has her own page on Facebook. It's uh, Honey the Mini Service Horse. And it, we just post whenever we go somewhere and, you know, kind of doing some fun things. We'll post some stuff about it. We'll even post like at-home videos of just hanging out at the house and what it's like to have a horse in your life and in your home. Uh, and then for our training companies, Procyon Training is also on Facebook as well as Reaching for the Stars. Okay, awesome. And we'll put that information on our website so that our listeners can be sure and find you guys if they want to oh, reach out you. to you. Okay, great. Well, Jessica, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Just enjoyed every second of hearing about you and Honey and the work you guys are doing and the other work that you're doing, Jessica, which is awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. We love to be able to to talk with people and educate as many as we can, be it to their rights as, you know, possible business owners and then to our rights as, you know, people who require the assistance of an animal. Well, you guys are definitely doing it and we hope you'll come back and tell us more of work that you're doing in the future because I know you and Honey are going to be busy. We are, we are, and we would love to be able to talk to you. Hopefully, we're going to have a little bundle of joy this time next year to, to start our training with. So. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Oh, it will much. not be honey, just so everybody knows. It won't be honey. But <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Jessica. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love to hear from you. So please keep your emails coming. We love your questions, your comments, and we love your ideas for future shows. So please keep those coming. And you know you can email me at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And I also, as always, invite you to follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We just love seeing your photos of your working dogs and working animals. So keep those coming. Thanks so much and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.